So it's after the game. Door opens to the media interview area, and it's T.J. Watt. And he goes up a couple of steps, stands behind the podium, looks out over the two dozen of us in there, and does this. Woo! <laughs> My friends, that is the state of your favorite football team right now. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Steelers 16, Ravens 13 in overtime. Steelers in the playoffs. I might have to say that several more times for it to sink in myself after watching everything this team's done at both extremes of the football quality spectrum. But here they are, and here they go to Kansas City for more football. How and why, I guess we can wait another week to revisit everything that's gone wrong or should have gone wrong and all else. But for right now, for right now, this football team deserves all the enjoyment that it very visibly was getting after this game. Listen to Mike Tomlin afterward. You know, that's been our story all year, man. You guys buried us when we were one and three, you know, um, Man, we got a lot of warts, um, but we're here. And, uh, and, and that's been our position since September. Um, and, and so I'm just appreciative of, of, of that mental fortitude being displayed by those men in that locker room. Listen to Ben Roethlisberger afterward. We just like to um, stress people out early, um, all you guys and all our fans at home. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. We just... I think it shows something about this team, though, that you can continue to fight and never give up. And um, you know, you guys have asked me a million times, those of you that are in Pittsburgh, you know, why? What's the what's the issue? I don't know, but you know, it'd be nice to figure it out now. Listen to Cam Hayward afterward. Just you know, I think we're all excited. Um, three weeks ago, um, or was it, was it three or two weeks when we played Kansas City last? Um, yeah, damn. But, uh, you know, um, to see the difference in that locker room, you know, it was, you could hear a pin drop that, that week after that game. Um, and guys are excited. Guys have worked their tails off. Um, it hasn't been perfect, but, man, we have grinded out these wins. And, um, man, we're just hungry. Um, just give us a shot. However anyone else on the outside might be feeling about this football team, rest assured they feel the way you just heard. And they should have. They absolutely should have because they've earned this. And if you ask me, the single most uplifting aspect of this particular game, you know, outcome aside, was that other players stepped up. It was a long list. It wasn't just 
the three guys I just mentioned, the obvious guys. And above all of the rest, I would place number 11, Chase Claypool. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Claypool's had a pretty rough 2021. I'm sure nobody who's listening to this needs me to remind them. It hasn't gone well for him on the field, off the field, signaling for first downs and all that other stuff. But you know what? One of the beautiful things about sports is that they're very, very forgiving when you bounce back by being at your best at the time that your team needs it the most. Once this game got to the second half, and once we saw more and more and more Ray Ray McLeod or Benny Snell running into the back of an offensive lineman, it couldn't have been clearer that someone needed to make not just big plays, just plays, you know? Just make any kind of plays. Because that was going to be better than what was coming. And it was Claypool more than anyone else. Claypool was given inside handoffs, end arounds, double reverses. Yeah, he caught some passes too. And he'd end up scoring the Steelers' only touchdown on a play that really wasn't even designed for him. Listen to him explain this. Uh, no, actually, uh, it was supposed to go to someone else, but... Uh... They, uh, they missed, like, the audible or whatever, so I was fortunate enough to fall into that touchdown. So to put that into other words, Claypool was coming out of the huddle knowing that he wasn't the guy. And then when Ben audibles for some other player to be the primary target, he really, really knew he wasn't the guy. And yet... He ran his route in a dedicated fashion, presented himself professionally as another option. Ben got it to him, and he did that whole stretch thing to get the ball into the end zone. That's a sign of maturity in addition to a lot of other good things. Much later in the game, in fact, the last real play that anyone ran from scrimmage, Najee Harris ran into the back of the line which is pretty much what running backs do behind this line. And he didn't see a whole lot. He liked it even less. So he bounced out and started to go to his left. And even that didn't look like it was going to go all that well until Claypool got over there. And Claypool put up the key block that got Najee downfield into position so that Chris Boswell would only need to kick a 36-yard field goal, which for Boz, of course, is a chip shot. Another sign of maturity. Another thing that Claypool hadn't really been doing. So, you know, being the guy who 
went at Claypool pretty hard in that press conference up in Minneapolis about that whole first down and everything else here. This was what I asked him after this game. Chase, you obviously had a pretty big role in what happened in the second half. How good did that feel? Obviously not everything was going right for you this year. How good did that feel? Yeah, it's great, um, you know, to bounce back and, uh, you know, kind of shut out the noise and, you know, hush the cr- uh, criticism and stuff like that. So, good feeling. You know what? Good for him. Good for him and good for all of them. I've got not a negative syllable to offer about anything that happened in this game, anything that's happened through this whole season as far as these players are concerned, as far as their effort as far as their collective focus, it is, to me, amazing that they got in with the seemingly fatal flaws that they have on both sides of the ball. So congratulations to all of them. See everyone in Kansas City, and we'll see if Claypool and other guys who stepped up in this game can continue to do that. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. And this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. And today's J1Q comes from Jordan Keebler, who asks in reference to Mike Tomlin's amazing quote after this game about Ben Roethlisberger's clutch ability, which I'll play for you right now. He's the same when everybody else gets funny. You know what I mean? Um, everybody else gets a little tight. He's the same guy. Wow, right? To which Jordan asks, Sheesh, I love this man. How does he come up with this stuff? Well, I can tell you, Jordan, that he comes up with this sort of thing on a regular basis and very spontaneously. Uh, it's something that's most easily seen in Latrobe at pre-pandemic training camps. He stays loose. He moves around the field. He engages with players and even his assistant coaches. And he'll do it vocally, like out loud. And he'll make sure that whatever it is that he says leaves an impression. When everyone's mad at Tomlin, you know, like when they lose a game and they want to fire him and everything else, they will throw things at him like, you know, coach vocabulary and his catchphrases won't save him and and whatever else here. And some will even refer to these things as cliches. This is 
the polar opposite of a cliche, what Tomlin comes up with. He comes up with something on his own that's memorable, that resonates, and he'll use it to his benefit or to his team's benefit. That's not a cliche. A cliche is using someone else's tired old line. He comes up with his own stuff. And his objective and his thinking is if he can get you to think about it once, you're probably going to think about it again. And it might stick somewhere where you'll remember it. He does not share these types of things all that often in public. So when they come out, especially with a hilarious comedic intonation that he added in there, it can seem jarring, but this is what he's like most often in the building with his players out on the field, the practice field. And you know what? I'm not going to get through a, a whole episode here by just showering praise on the players. I do feel that it's fair to point out that Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, can even include Art Rooney, really blew it with the construction of this offensive line. Nothing that happens from here on out is going to change my stance on that. They really, really, really messed up. And they're paying a price for it even now. They'll really pay a price for it the deeper they go into the playoffs. Because this isn't a playoff team because it doesn't have an NFL offensive line. So rip, criticize, whatever, okay? I'm doing it too. But at the same time, understand that if we're going to praise the players for their resolve, for sticking uh, sticking through tough times, or what's the phrase he's been using this year? Oh, smile through the smile in the face of adversity. He used it twice more after this game. It's become his number one thing. But you know what? When he said it the first time, we all kind of tilted our heads. And wondered, huh? But then the more you thought about it, the more you realize that it actually does apply. Because this team was built for adversity. Never mind that the adversity is largely a self-inflicted wound, courtesy of management and the offensive line. It was, nonetheless, adversity. And they did smile in the face of that. Believe you me, they were smiling coming off that football field. I was down there by the tunnel as, as they were off, and players, uh, coaches, staff, uh, embracing, congratulating, doing little one-on-one rituals that they have with each other. And they enjoyed this, and they should. They should. This team shouldn't have been in any playoff. They made it there, and... That's a credit to all concerned, not just the players. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one tomorrow from back home.